everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, joined by Jay Gilbert. Jay, how are you doing this week? Great, doing really well. It was good seeing you last week in, yep. the, in the Bay Area. Yep, we, uh, we took last week off. Jay was up here doing some uh, work with one of my clients, Greg Ken. came up and did some photo sessions with Greg in the studio and then at a live show that he was doing. Um, so we just kind of took last week off because it was just a little hectic to try and find place and time to sit down and record an episode, but we're back this week. Yeah. Um, lots of things over the last week that we can talk about. One of them that maybe doesn't need a whole discussion, but I just feel like I want, I want to say my piece on it is, is a new story that just dropped in digital music news. Average annual salary for a Spotify employee, $168,000. And, of course, we know where what the intent of that is. Basically, hey, look, all of you poor, starving artists. All your money is going to pay the employees of Spotify. And you know what? I just want to call a big bullshit to that. <laughs> bullshit. You know, BS. That, that, you know, that is just a clickbait headline if there ever was one, um, right. you know, and it, and it, and I'm starting to see that it's getting some artists up in arms. It's like this just sucks. Mm-hmm. All of our money's going here. Well, let me let me make a couple points here. In the '80s, when cash was all over the place in the music industry, you artists who are pissed at Spotify employees today, were you pissed at Jay Gilbert? as he worked at Tower Records and was probably making more money than you, the artist, when he was working the counter or as an assistant manager or in a manager at Tower Records. Were you pissed back then? And I can guarantee you the answer will be no. Not a single artist, I bet, would say, yeah, I was pissed at them. And why? Because there was just plenty of cash going around. You didn't care. You know, the record contract you signed... Still got you an advance, still got you some money in your pocket, so you weren't caring about it. But guess what? You're still signing those same record contracts, or you're still tied to that same record contract you signed 30 years ago. And now you're seeing no money. And now you're going to get pissed that the, that the employees of Spotify are making more money than you? Go cry me a river, you artists. Sorry, that that employee of Spotify has every right to make as much money as they possibly can, just as you as the artist have every right to make as much money as you possibly can. And because somebody's making more money than you, don't don't cry, poorhouse. Go right. back and look <laughs> at the freaking contract you signed that, at the end of the day, is probably screwing you over. Right. And you're right, Michael. There, there have been people since the dawn of time, you know, in, in the music industry, people at radio, people in touring, people at, you know, publicity and marketing and sales at the label distribution. I could go on and on that have made very good uh, incomes. Um, it's not just Spotify. You know, I, I worked for Universal for 18 years and, and made a decent living doing it. I know a lot of people who have been in the business for a long time and continue to do well. 
Um, but I think you have to look at a couple of things. One is this is digital music news, which you know I've been reading for years. I, I know Paul Reznikoff. Um, he's built a, a very nice uh, business, but you know if there was one complaint about digital music news, and, and I've heard this from several people, is that some would consider it kind of the National Enquirer of music news, splashy headlines. Um, if you look in the comments section in a lot of these articles with the splashy headlines, you'll see the real debate. And people call them out when they feel like it's unfair. This particular article, let, let's just assume that it's true. I, I he, average uh, salary apparently, apparently that's being pulled from some financial documents from Spotify. So well, sure. you know, keep yeah, it, keep in mind that that that. Keep in mind that that's average. You know, and, and, right. and listen, I'm not necessarily faulting digital music news as much as I'm faulting the artists who are now getting Understood. in an uproar that, what what do you want? I mean, seriously, artists, what do you want? Do you want the Spotify employees to work for free because you can't earn a living? Everybody else should also work for free? Is that what you want? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things where... We've talked about this so many times. It's getting a little tiring hearing artists bitch. Yeah. When they're but bitching the about timing, the wrong right? thing. Yeah, I think a lot of this has to do with the timing that lately you and I have seen a lot of articles of, you know, well, I, I streamed two million times and I got a check for $5 and I'll, you know, I'm, uh, you know, half joking, but. There's a lot of focus right now on YouTube for streaming, on Spotify, you know, not so much on the Apple Music side, but basically that I'm getting, you know, there's no money to be made in streaming uh, if you would listen to some of the pundits. I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that or believe that, but I think you make a valid point. There are folks that get up in arms about the revenue that they're getting from streaming. And we, we've gone through this on previous shows, and we'll go through it on future shows, you know, what the financials are on streaming. We've had experts on this show explaining it. There, you know, it's a different dynamic. It's a different revenue stream, and there is money to be made from it. But I think for your point, you know, people who complain that, well, the streaming services are making all of this money, and I'm not, and then, oh, they're overpaid now, too, you know, in my mind – you know, I mean, that's capitalism. You should, it's supply and demand. You should be able to be paid, you know, what you're worth. And trust me, um, they, they probably took the number of employees and the number of money that they spend on salary and did some quick, you know, division that doesn't, you know, there's probably a couple of people who are making, you know, a million plus and then more people who are not making. But regardless of that, the, the point is, you know, you should be able to market and sell your own music, tour, merch, you know, download streaming, all of that on your own. And you should surround yourself with a good team and work hard. And, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? I mean, good things will come. But to sit back and complain because somebody else is, is doing well, I don't, that's, I don't think that serves any purpose. I, I, I don't buy into that. And, and frankly, you know, you, you have to go educate yourself. You know, a lot of people are just looking at the end point here. What is my check that comes in? Oh, my check is nothing. My check is for six cents. Like you said, millions of streams and I got a check for six dollars. All right. Well, rather than going back straight to the beginning point, i.e. the 
service and saying that they aren't paying you, where who who's who's touching all of that money? Because we mentioned briefly a couple weeks ago, Warner Brothers Records just came out and said uh, they had a record year in streaming revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's money. Be, there's money out there. Warner Brothers had a record year in streaming revenue. Right. So if you're at the if you're at the last mile, you're the last part of that streaming revenue funnel, and it's six dollars. Somewhere along the line, it was nicked and dinged and nicked and dinged and until you got nothing. It didn't come out of Spotify as $6 and go straight to you as $6. Somewhere along the line, and this is where you need to educate yourself, people touched that revenue check and took their percentage, their portion, their share of it. Who was it? How did that happen? And that's what you need to be upset about. Because the reality here is people... Record labels have been doing this to artists since day one of the very first record contract. Nothing's changed except for the retail outlet, how the music is consumed, where people purchase it, where people acquire their music. But the contracts, you know, at the end of the day, it's not in, you know, it's in the best interest of the record labels to keep as much money as possible. Yeah, and you know what upsets me about this is it's a splashy headline, and there's some truth to it, um, but it's not the entire story. And I'm so sick and tired of people painting the record industry, especially labels, as being you know the bad guys. And yeah, you know they've definitely throughout history <laughs> there have been some bad guys, but I would say the overwhelming majority of the people working, you know, at record labels are good, hardworking people who are just trying to get an edge in marketing and sales, and they're working hard to promote these artists so they become, you know, superstar artists and, you know, grow from being developing artists. And I see this with this article and similar articles where they're attacking, you know, streaming every day. We see these articles, and now they're, they're attacking kind of the the amount of money they make or how successful they are or that they're not turning a profit. Listen, folks, uh, it takes years for companies to be profitable. It took years for Amazon (laughs) to be profitable. I mean, many years. So, you know, to kind of shine a light on how much somebody's getting paid or how little profit they've made so far, the truth of the matter is, is that these streaming services I don't know why they would go into business. There's very little margin there. There's very little money to be made in that. I, I had a, I had the, a, I had a friend that I knew, I talked to, I don't know, three years ago or so, who was starting a streaming service, online radio service. And he was telling me, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's, it's designed. The love of the music? Well, that's why probably that's probably why he ended up doing it because he basically said the way the contracts that they have to get with record labels, the licensing of all this, it is designed to basically fail. It is designed to make you want to throw your arms up in frustration and say, 
this is the most ridiculous business model ever. Why am I doing this? Um, so, yeah, understand, it's not an easy world for these the streaming services to live in. They're trying yeah. to uh, make the best of it, but they're dealing in situations where, you know, contracts are based on things that happened 30 years ago when streaming and digital music didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. I just keep coming, educate yourself. Who are all of the people that you've signed contracts with? And what portions of your income do they get to take a part of? The, the, right. does, we should do this on a, the record on label, a show sometime. The record label might take a piece of it, might. They, they definitely would. If you signed your music to them, sure. get, your manager might. Your accountant might. Your lawyer might. You've got touring a lot agent. touring agent. You've got a lot of people that if you don't know what the fine print in your contract says, some and you might sit here and go, oh well, it's only one percent. Okay, but one pennies add up. Yeah. If 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 you've yeah, got a the, dozen people that are yeah. taking two percent, all of a sudden that's nearly twenty five percent of your revenue right there. Sure. And another thing that I watch is how you'll see in the press, they'll say, you get this much per stream. Well, that's in itself, it's inaccurate because your payout per stream varies by the size of the pool each month, each period. And the other part that a lot of these stories miss is that there isn't just one stream rate. There's ad-supported, non-ad-supported, there's interactive, non-interactive. I think there's like a dozen different and I'm sure one of our uh, previous guests could, you know, fill us in on the exact number of those streams. But it's a, it's a lot more complicated than downloads. Where a digital download, 70% of the revenue is paid to the rights holder, 30% is kept. You know, that's that's pretty simple. You know, in the retail world, it's pretty cut and dry. You know what those percentages are. But when you get to streaming, it's a lot more complicated. And then to your point, if you have a lot of people at the trough taking little pieces here, 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 and here, by the time that net figure gets to you, yeah, it and, is going to be... And the difference might be those those people might be taking their cut off of the gross, not off of the net. So there, there's a lot of ways that you can get hurt if you don't know what's going on. You know, one of the big things that still is discussed is how during the heyday of, of vinyl, there was breakage fees. Right. That record labels would automatically deduct a breakage fee to cover broken vinyl. Back then, it made sense. And sure. I think, I think and this, broken I, CDs. And I think this is what's at, have to was, was at the heart of what um, Def Leppard was going against Universal for, for their digital catalog, why they wouldn't sell digital music. Because that breakage still shows up in some contracts. Well, well, now how how how, it's how, how do you how do you justify breakage for an MP3 file? Exactly. Well, I was working with Def Leppard during that time. I had taken them to Washington D.C. to do an iTunes original session. We were in the studio recording it. I was there with an Apple rep, and that's when it kind of hit the fan when they said, "Wait a second. Number one, it's UK-owned repertoire. Even though it's still Universal, it was from the UK, so their executives kind of had the the say so." And at that time, they pulled everything down from iTunes, which was a leader at the time. And, and I think everything it's, it's still down, except for I think the new album is up. The, the new album is yeah. up, and and a and a live album is up there. But 
you can't go get their back catalog. And, there was, and, and, you know, we did a study and found that, you know, of course, what happened when they pulled that stuff down is people took it off of BitTorrents, peer-to-peer. But what I wanted to say about breakage is you're absolutely right. Back in the heyday of physical, breakage was uh, 1% or 2% that, you know, that you got. Like if you were Tower Records, you got a discount on those units for breakage. And uh, that was written off of you know the the label and the ultimately the artist, and a lot of times they were just kind of free goods you know because there wasn't breakage after the vinyl kind of slowed down. But now in the new music business, breakage means something totally different. Um, when you talk to people about breakage, and Steve Gordon talked about this on our show a little bit, breakage now is when you strike a deal with a digital service provider, and let's just you know, we'll say Spotify, just for the sake of the story. And let's say there's an upfront fee of, you know, $10 million, whatever it is. That unallocated um, amount of money is called breakage. And that is sometimes allocated to the artists, you know, via their contract, sometimes not. And by its definition, it's now confusing because people are thinking, oh, breakage, that's that percentage you know, that was written off for broken goods. Oh, well, then it's in the digital age, it was still on our contracts, which that was ridiculous. Now it's in there and it means something totally different. So it's super confusing. It's confusing, but it goes back to, do you even know what your contract says? Have, says and ha, means. Ha, do you have an understanding of what your contract is holding you to? Before you start getting mad at everybody else around you and crying, I'm the poor artist. And listen, I'm right. I, I I totally believe artists should get every dollar they deserve that they earn. Absolutely. They they need to get paid. But don't blame everybody else at the end of the day when you signed a contract that gave your rights away to somebody else to do everything with it. Because at that point in time, you can only blame one person, yourself. Right. You can't blame Spotify. You can't blame the streaming services. If you signed a contract that gave full control of your music catalog to some other rights holder and that they can cut any deals they want without even talking to you about it. Right. And if you have an attorney, which if you've signed an agreement, you've you've had an attorney. You better. If you, I, I, if you let's not taken, assume that. Exactly. And if, if you're signing a contract without an attorney, then that's just ridiculous. Let's just assume that you do have an attorney. It's incumbent upon you to sit down with that attorney and have him translate into English the lawyer speak and, you know, you and I have had really great people on, you know, like Steve Gordon, who they make their living kind of translating, you know, legalese into English and making sure that people are making the right decisions. Because, you know, a record company, a management company, a distribution company has hundreds of careers. You have one. That's all you got. And you, this is your one career, your one shot. You need to make sure, as you've said many times on this show, Michael, you need to educate yourself. You need to make sure if you don't understand that contract, get somebody who can explain it to you. And if it is in a bad way, if it's not fair, you don't believe it's fair, then renegotiate, have those conversations. Uh, it sure beats complaining after the fact. Yeah, you know, 
a funny article, not a, it wasn't a funny article, it was a really good article, but an interesting story that I just read was um, an interview with Prince's, the person, the guy who discovered Prince and who was Prince's very first manager and got him his first yeah. record deal. Saw that. Um, amazing, amazing interview with this guy. But one of the things that was very interesting was when he was negotiating the, the first con- record contract with Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers wanted publishing. And this guy, the manager, admits, he goes, I had no idea what publishing was. I didn't know how it worked. So I just balked like, no, I don't want to I don't want to talk about it right now. I don't want to talk about it right now because he quickly wanted to leave and go find a book to educate himself about buy publishing to buy some time. And he wasn't going to sign it. And finally, he said, Sorry. Warner Brothers said, OK, fine, we won't we won't make publishing part of this deal. He goes. Because that's what I did, that's why Prince ended up owning his publishing. Because I didn't know what publishing was and didn't want to talk about it is why Prince ended up keeping his publishing and not turning it over to Warner Brothers day one. Uh, it's just know what you're talking about. Because, yeah, you know, you could you, you could get backed into a corner and you're feeling embarrassed and you're just like, oh, okay, it sounds like it's not a big deal. Sure, I'll sign it. And you know what? You find out 10 years later, you just signed away something so crucial, so important, and you're never going to get it back. Right. And these days, the pressure is much greater than it was when Prince Prince was signed. You know, for these, they used to be called 360 deals, but now in order for a record company to invest in your career, um, you know, they want a piece of merch. You know, they want to get into that business with you. They want a piece of the publishing. They want a, they they want want a piece of sync every licensing. revenue you revenue could potentially stream. make. Yeah. They want a part of it. You know, 30 years ago, all they cared about was your recorded music. They could Somebody else could have your merchandising. Somebody else can have this, this, and this. Now they want all of it because they know they're not going to make money selling the music they want to make money when you license your song as a tv right. commercial the cadillac they right. want especially to, they, in a in a streaming world you know their their revenue is so much less but let me play devil's advocate for a second i i know a couple of artists who love this agreement and the reason they do they balked at it years ago when it was first introduced as the 360 deal but now they like it because they're finding that the record company now is staffed up properly to do those different revenue streams, number one. And number two, they feel like the record company is more invested in that success in sync, in TV, film, commercial, in merch. They have partnerships. And on and on, all of those different revenue streams now, they're, for, they're struggling for their lives. So they're focusing their attention and bringing in the resources to make sure that they can drive revenue in those places. That may not be true for every label, but certainly the the two labels, you know, that I'm talking about. So, I don't think the 360 deal or whatever you want to call it is necessarily a bad thing, but again, do your homework, do your research. Oh, yeah. What percentages are they taking? I, I don't what think are they give I don't to- think out of the box any deal is necessarily a bad deal, but you have to do your due diligence and research. It's like, okay, if they want to sign me to a 360 deal, what's their track record? Do they have experience doing merchandising and entertainment licensing? Or did am I the first 
artist they've ever done this with, and am I going to be the guinea exactly. pig? Or have they been right. doing this for 15 years, and they can sit down and show me 10 other successes previous to this that they've got, as you said, they've got a staff. I can sit down and meet the head of their merchandising department. Right. Do your, don't, don't just blindly believe what's being pitched to you. Because, yeah. you know, as much as, as, as the label, whoever the other person on the other side of the table is like, we're going to be in this together. We love you. We're friends, blah, blah, blah. It's a negotiation. And, 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 You're be a and, star, kid. and a negotiation of anything, not just music, but your car, you're buying a new car. Everybody's trying to get the best deal possible for them. They're not trying Absolutely. to get the best deal possible for the person on the other side of the table. That's yeah. not how you succeed. That's not how right. a business you want someone runs. who's done it. To your point, it's like a doctor. You want someone who's done that procedure a thousand times, not two times. Yeah, I just got my and first new LASIK no machine shame. in here, and I've, you're going to be the first <laughs> yeah. person I'm going to shoot lasers into. It's like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's the same with this stuff. There are places that specialize in merch. They're good at it, as you know. Yeah. You've worked in some of those places. Sometimes it may make sense for you to go outside of your record company to go with a specialist who's really, really good at it. But then sometimes, you know, if that record company has those, you know, has that track record and has done many of these, uh, you know, operations, you know, but like you said, it all comes down to just kind of being smart, not just signing on the dotted line and, and doing your research. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I've said it many times in this episode and before, you've got to educate yourself. Don't just take a headline from anybody, be it Digital Music News or Newsweek, and get yourself up in arms because the headline makes you feel poor and the victim. You know, why? Why are you the victim? At that, that, that's my question. Why are you the victim? What have you done that put you into that position? Because it, right. I can guarantee you it sure isn't because of the receptionist at Spotify. And it yeah. sure wasn't because Jay at the clerk at Tower Records. So, right. you know, redirect that anger. You know, don't get don't get bent out of shape about something that has no need to be getting bent out of shape on. Because believe me, the day you strike it rich as as a musician and you get your big break, you're going to want to keep every dollar you can potentially get, right? You're not going to go back to oh Spotify and say, hey, I'm now making more money than you. How about I give you guys some of my money? That ain't going to happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we kind of said, it's already been a half hour. We got into one topic and it just kept spinning. We, Yeah, we, we knew that was going to be that way. And, and you know... I, I just don't think that Spotify is the bad guy. I don't care how much they, they pay They're their not. people. They're heavily invested in. People are investing in this company. They just got a, what was it, another billion dollars in funding. You know what? They At the end of the day, they're responsible for Spotify, and they need to be successful, and they need to drive paid subscriptions, and that's going to help 
the music industry, all of these, you know, the Discover Weekly that you and I have talked about many times, all of the playlisting and curation, that's a good thing. I wouldn't get too caught up in what the average salary is. First of all, I don't believe that there is an average, you know, I, you know what I mean? There's people who are making a ton of money and then there's people who aren't making very much money, but it doesn't matter how much those guys are making. Just continue to make the best music that you can and Spotify will help get it into people's ears. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. There you go. So if you guys got any feelings about what we just talked about, let us know. Please. Call us out if we're wrong. Uh, you know. Yeah, like Dennis Miller used to say, you know, of course that's my opinion. But it, it could be wrong. Well, I mean, that literally is. That's just our opinion. That was just my my venting as I'm starting to see the artists getting up in arms again about this. It's just like, oh, for God's sake, do we have to deal with this again? Go worry. Yeah, the answer is yes. Go go worry about something that 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 matters. Your career, your music, your your online marketing efforts, whatever you're doing. Don't don't sit back and I don't know. Don't be lazy. Go don't, read that contract. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Go read your contract and leave us a comment and tell us what you discovered in your contract <laughs> that you didn't know was there. All right, guys. That's it. Until next week. Music Biz Weekly. We're out.